have this book. It's called Dare to Share. It's not for the evangelist, although it will encourage evangelism. It's for the body of Christ. Some of the chapters are called The Value of Your own story. You have a story to tell and there's value in it. And this book will help you get all the God stuff in your head and all the God stuff in your heart. It will help you get it out of your mouth. See, because faith comes by hearing, not by hugging. (laughs) And we can hug while we share the truth. But unless they hear, they won't come to faith. This will help you. There's another chapter. Jesus wants your platform. You may say, well, Andrew, I don't have a platform. I want you to look down at your feet, if you're able. Look down at your feet. Twiddle your toes. Look at the square foot that they are in. And that's your platform. Wherever you go, there you are. And that is your platform. Look, my platform is here. I'm still ministering. I'm still talking. My platform is over here. It's still talking. I'm still talking. Your platform is the very square foot in which you stand And I want to just say that to the campus. Is it in the north? The north? I want to say that to you as well. Welcome. I want you to know that the square foot in which you stand in is your platform. There's another one that is called elevator altar call. That's a good one. You get in an elevator with someone and when them doors shut, it's game on. I was just saying in Surfers Paradise last week, And I was staying in this huge building. And I was on the ground floor. I think there was 65 floors. Massive. Huge. And I got in and a a gentleman got in. And I said, where are you going, buddy? He said, floor seven. I hit floor 29 by accident. I said, I'm really sorry about that. And up we went. And And I had the privilege to tell him the truth, whether he liked it or not. You see, because I'm not waiting for people to let me know whether they want to hear it or not. I'm just going to tell them and then let them reject Jesus. But what I won't do is reject Jesus on their behalf. You see, because so many of us say no for them. Have you ever heard this language? They're not ready. Says who? They haven't hit rock bottom? Good. Let's hope they don't. Let us not create a mute altar call and then say no for them. Let us tell them about Jesus and let them reject him don't you reject them on their behalf when the word goes forth it does what it's supposed to do it sets the captives free and you may say well Andrew I've been speaking to my broken family members for many many years just keep speaking just keep speaking don't let their situation change the truth let the truth change their situation So I'm honoured to be here. I do get to travel. This year I've travelled extensively. I've been to Austin. I've been to Houston. I've been to Orlando. I've been to Miami. I've been to Honduras, San Pedro Sula. I've been to Mexico. Do we have any South Africans in the house? There's loads of you. In that other service, I felt like I was in Durban. I go to Durban. I was in Durban two week, three weeks ago. I was in the Bluff, Meerbank. I do a lot there. I go to Cape Town. I go to Kailicha. I go to all the nice places. Kailicha, that's a rough place, right? Woo-wee! Shield of faith. And I ask everyone else to cover me with theirs too. Crikey. Yeah, so I go around. I've been around a bit. But I find myself here. 
and I'm blessed. And I have a great word. I know it's a great word because God gave me it. And I hope it inspires you and I hope it encourages you because what I want you to know is that you can do this. You can do everything he says you can do. What's the alternative? He's a liar. We either believe it or we don't. But whether you believe it or not, it's still true. You see, because God is not reasoned. He's revealed. You can't reason with God. God just reveals himself. It's called revelation. The revealing of himself. And this revelation that we have, the world needs to hear. The world do not care how much revelation you have locked up within you. And I would say this, none of you, none of them, Luke, including yourself, are absolutely desperate to hear me. None of you. But this community is absolutely desperate to hear any one of us. Because we all carry the truth. And this community needs to hear about Jesus. Faith comes by hearing of the word of Amen. So, if faith comes by hearing, what are they hearing from you? Faith comes by hearing. The only reason why I know Jesus is real is because I heard that Jesus was real. Let me, let me tell you about the worst kept secret in my life. I've had the privilege to lead a number of people to Jesus. I don't know, 40,000, 50,000 people. I want to tell you a secret. I have never led anybody to Jesus without talking about Jesus. Never. So my question is, if we want to lead them to Jesus, what are we talking about? Are we talking about everything but Him? He is the door. He is the gate. He's the good shepherd. He's the true vine. He's the resurrection of life. He's all of these things. We have to point them to Him and let them reject Him. Let them reject Him. But let's not reject them on their behalf. I just sense His presence here today. I just sense that he wants to do something in our lives that just changes us. It could be massively or ever so slightly. Do you know if a plane takes off in London Heathrow heading to Chicago, five degrees off track, it ends up in Orlando. Sometimes the smallest of changes in our life take us to different destinations. So I pray that there's a five degree change in our life. Some of us may say, oh, Andrew, I need more than that. Receive it by faith. Take it. Take it by faith. Take whatever you need from the Lord today. Not in a greedy manner. In a reverent God. I'm coming to you because only you have what I truly need. And I think today we can all leave this place better than we came. Am I saying you're bad people? No, don't be silly. I'm just saying there's more of him. There is more of him. And those in the North Campus, I want to just say this to you. Lean in. Lean in this word that I'm about to share, I believe will impact your life. It will truly impact your life. And if we receive it and then implement it. You see, because the Bible talks about being partakers not spectators. You see, I always believe partakers live a positive life. Spectators live a cynical life. Spectators. But partakers are like this. 
partakers are always smiling. I don't know what it is. I think it's just the fact that they serve their king. So I just cry out today for partakers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me read some scripture to you, okay? We're going to read from Mark 5. Mark 5, verse 25 to 34. So if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles at Mark 5, whether it be on your phone. In fact, if it's on your phone, yeah, if it's on your phone, take out your phone and have a look. Mark 5, verse 25 to 34. While you find that, I want to read another scripture to you. And it's Romans 10, 14. But how can they call on him for help if they have not believed? And how can they believe if they've not heard the message? And how can they hear the message if it's not proclaimed? Let me read that again. But how can they call to him for help if they've not believed? And how can they believe if they have not heard the message? And how can they hear if the message is not proclaimed? Romans 10, 14. How can they hear if the message is not proclaimed? Okay, so now we're going to jump into Mark 5, verse 25. I want you guys to help me along here. I want you guys to be partakers in this message. There's going to be a couple of words that I ask you to repeat back to me, okay? Is that okay? Awesome. Thank you. You're wonderful. Thank you. Okay, this is great. Okay, I want to read 10 verses to you. And I'm going to ask you to repeat maybe three or it's four words back to me. Okay, verse 25. Are you ready? Are we going to lean in? Are we going to have our hearts postured? Amen, God will move. Here we go. Verse 25. And a certain woman, say certain. Thank you. A certain woman who'd been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all the money she had, yet instead of getting better, her situation became worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately. Say immediately. Thank you. Her bleeding stopped as she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out of him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched me? Say, who touched me? Wonderful. You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered. And yet you ask who touched me, but but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at the feet of Jesus, trembling with fear, and told him the whole truth. Then he said to her daughter, say daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Wow. This is a powerful, powerful scripture. And I have read enough scripture now for you to all understand that I have a funny accent. Well, I want you to know I think every one of you do too. So we're two or more at an agreement, right? This powerful, powerful passage is about a woman who'd been bleeding for 12 years, suffering under the care of many doctors. 
suffering under the care of many doctors and her life changes. Her life changes in a moment through faith, through activation, through physicality and spirituality. Now let me give you a bit of backstory here. Before this happens, Jesus gets in a boat with a couple of his disciples and he goes to the other side of the lake. Luke, and on this side of the lake is a demon-possessed man. You know him, he's called Legion, there's many. And Jesus speaks to those demons and he casts those demons into the pigs and the pigs go for a swim until the bubbles stop. They drown. Jesus then gets back in the boat and goes to the other side of the lake. There he's confronted by a crowd of people. Inside of that crowd is a synagogue leader. His name is Jarius. Jarius is a good man. He's helped build the synagogues. Jarius, unfortunately, has a 12-year-old daughter who is sick and about to die. So Jesus has just dealt with the demon-possessed man, cast the demons into the pigs. He goes free in his own mind, preaching the gospel. Gets in his boat and now he's confronted. And now he's on his way to heal Jarius' daughter. So, two stories. Demon-possessed man. Three stories, should I say. Demon-possessed man. What I've just read, Jarius' daughter. So Jesus is in between the two and this happens. I want you to know, guys, that not every interruption should be an inconvenience. Not every interruption should be an inconvenience. Don't be so focused on where you're going, you're inactive where you are. Don't be so focused where you're going that you're useless here. Jesus is interrupted and this woman's life changes forever. Let me read this. It says in verse 25, a certain woman, you said the word certain, right? It's here. A certain woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Now, What I want you to understand about this woman, her situation was dire. It was awful. She had been bleeding for 12 years. The the Leviticus law in chapter 15 says this. If you've been bleeding longer than your regular cycle, you're unclean. As a matter of fact, even if you're bleeding, you're unclean. This woman had been unclean for 12 years. Nobody was allowed to touch her because if you touched an unclean person, you were deemed unclean yourself. Every door handle, every corner of a bed, every pot, every handle, every garment was deemed unclean. This woman, this woman knew all about social distancing. This woman was pushed away, kept away from her loved ones for 12 long years. And it goes on to say that she'd suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. Many doctors, not just one. Now, I don't know about you. I can't speak for you women, but I can speak for me. If I had many people poking and prodding around my body, I would feel violated. It's just me, Okay. This woman says here in verse 26, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all the money she had, yet instead of getting better, she became worse. Now, I said this in the first service, is this the perfect time for the faith-filled guest speaker to bash the medical world? No, it's not. 
thank God for doctors, for nurses, for dentists. Thank God for these people who sacrificially go into war zones, hospitals full of diseases to help us. About 15 years ago, I had this terrible, terrible accident. I didn't duck quick enough. Someone hit me. They bust my jaw. My jawbone came out of here. I popped two teeth out. I can show these when I get back, if you so wish. I have screws keeping all my jaw here. I bit the tip of my tongue off. I had 17 stitches all in my tongue. My life was a mess. And I can remember having this operation in a hospital called Fezakli. Exactly. (laughs) Fezakli. Exactly? No. Fezakli. Exactly. Okay. And I can remember, Luke, being on the hospital bed, being wheeled down the corridors, about to have this operation. It was awful. My jawbone didn't just break in half, it broke in quarter and splintered. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Oh, I won't talk about that no more. My legs have just gone. That's not, that's not the Holy Ghost. That's the story. Okay. Oh, let me get back up here and hold this. And I can remember being wheeled into the surgeon's room, the, you know, the, the, the one who was going to fix up my face. Look, I can remember the, the, the surgeon, whoever it was who was going to put me all back together. I heard his voice. I heard his voice. And he said, he's under. Clearly I wasn't. I heard his voice. I heard him. Can you imagine not being able to move? He's gone. I'm thinking, oh boy, this is going, this is going to hurt. And then I heard them all. I think she was an angel, the anaesthetist. She said, he's not. Thank God for anaesthetists. If we have any anaesthetists in this house, I have books for sale at the back. Take as many as you want. Thank God for doctors and for nurses and for dentists and for this and for that. Hey, thank God for vets. We love our pets, right? Thank God for anyone who works in that field. But this poor woman, She had a terrible time. It says here that her situation became hopeless. She probably put her trust in backstreet butchers, doctors who couldn't help her. God only knows what they did to this poor woman trying to stop her bleeding. Botched jobs, botched job operations, the pain, the shame. Her situation became worse and worse. Physically, emotionally, financially. But this is where the kicker comes in. Verse 27 doesn't take long. It says she heard about Jesus. I read this passage over and over and over again. Over and over, expecting God to reveal more to me. It says, because it says here in verse 27, when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. When she heard, I'm like, Lord, who told her? Who told it? It doesn't tell us. So I'm going to blame you. Know what I find interesting? We don't like being blamed for anything, do we? But when I blame you for telling this woman, you all smile. Because we like being blamed for doing good, right? So I'm going to blame you in a real healthily, brotherly love way, okay? Not in in an accusational way. I accuse you. I accuse you of being the one who told her. Because I want you to be the one, you see. I want to be. And I know you're no different. Well, we are different. But you get what I mean. We, we follow the same king, right? So I want you to be the one who told her. And I would like you 
to want me to be the one. Together we're better and unity we're stronger. Says so she heard about Jesus and she thought if I could just touch his cloak, I will be healed. Did you hear about that? Faith comes by hearing. It's so important that we continue to talk about Jesus because clearly we never know who's listening. When she heard, who told her? We don't know. I guarantee you no one touched the door handle to open up the door because they would have been deemed unclean. This woman, this woman heard about Jesus and now she's placed in a dilemma of fear and faith because she sees or should I say she hears and then she says she because in verse 28 because she thought if I could just touch his clothes I will be healed when she heard about Jesus she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought if I could just touch him touch his clothes I will be healed okay I don't know who told her but I have I've painted a little picture in my head, okay? And I'm going to take you in there. Okay? Just dream with me. We don't know who told her, but I think it could have gone something like this. I would never preach this from the pulpit, but I'm about to. Okay? Disclaimer. This bit is my opinion. Okay? Don't take it to the bank. Take it to Jesus. Okay? This is just my opinion, okay? Starting now. Okay, and then I'll, I'll end my opinion in a moment. Okay? I think, could it have been something like this? She heard and then she thought. Could it have been Jesus, Luke, has just been over there, dealt with the demon-possessed people, gets in a boat, comes back. There's a crowd of people, Jarius's daughter, crowd, Jarius, crowd of people going to heal Jarius's daughter. Could it be Jesus steps foot on the shore and they're all like, where have you been? Where have you been? And the disciples are like, do you know demon possessed man? Listen to this. He's no longer demon possessed. Demons in the pigs. Where are the pigs? In the water. What's crazy man doing? Crazy? He's not crazy. He's in the right mind. What's he doing? He's preaching the kingdom of God. Where? In the village? You mean he's not chained up? No. He's been, the chains have been broken. In the spiritual realm, he's preaching the gospel. You're kidding me. Could you imagine healing testimonies, salvation testimonies of God's breakthrough and now starting to fill this crowd of people. They're going, demon possessed man. He's out. Oh, we're going to go over there now and visit Mary and John and David, whoever. We're going to go over there. There's an alley over there that's just open. We're going. You know, like we, they can now go and visit the other side of the lake. Things are changing. And they're like, this is amazing. Well, where's he going now? Jarius's daughter, oh, come on, come on. Jarius's daughter is about to be healed. I think testimonies of healing and breakthrough started to fill this little village. And this woman, it says, when she heard, it doesn't say anybody told her. It just says, when she heard, I think this woman broken, lonely. Behind closed doors for 12 long, violating, isolated years. She hears that the God-man is in town. When she heard, faith comes by hearing. Just dream with me a minute, guys. This woman, broken, 
lonely, 12 long years, darkness, just this cloud of misery over here, brokenness, loneliness. And all of a sudden, she heard. <gasps> Faith starts to kindle this light. It puts it on her feet. And she pulls back this door of brokenness and isolation. There he is. She pulls up the door. She stands there. And she thinks, if I can just touch him, I will be made whole. She sees the God man. She sees the problem as well. The problem being people. She can't touch him potentially without touching others because she has to get to them. So she has this problem of faith over fear, but she takes the faith one. She takes the faith one because she sees Jesus and she thinks, if I can just touch him, I will be made whole. And despite the obstacles, despite the stumbling blocks, despite the problems, she sees this God man and she takes her opportunity and to touch him she does and she's set free healing testimonies would have been filling the air and she thought if i could just touch him i will be made whole verse 29 immediately immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was instantly healed from her suffering what 99% of you guys don't know in this room is 2010, I met the Lord. Very first time, I gave my life to Jesus. I'd never been to church. I'd never heard the gospel. I didn't know the tomb was empty. I had never read the Bible. I was a cocaine addict. I was an alcoholic. I was a self-harmer and I was living on and off the streets. My body was full of scars. There was times I would sleep in doorways. My life was a mess. Two failed suicide attempts, being kidnapped, all of this stuff. My life was a mess. And then I heard. And then I thought, if I could just touch him, I will be made whole. He set me free. I went into a room in a little house in an industrial estate. Five miles from my house, it was a rehab. And I went in there. January the 18th, 2010. January the 21st, on the third day. I quite like the fact it was on the third day. If that goes over your head, I want to pray for you today, okay? A man walked in and this is what he said. He said, someone in here wants to give their life to Jesus now. And I knew it was me, Luke. I'd never been to church. I'd never heard the gospel. I didn't know a single worship song. I didn't know pastors, evangelists, prophets, teachers, apostles. I didn't know they existed. I didn't even know Christians existed in the UK. Well, I guess I kind of did, but I didn't know who they were. And I was about to have my very first Bible study. My very first Bible study. I didn't own a Bible and a man walked in and he said, someone in here wants to give their life to Jesus now. And I knew it was me. I said, Jesus, if you were real, save me. Huge question mark, very small Jesus. That offends some people. The funny thing is it didn't offend him. Let's get over ourselves. 
He's far less offended than you would possibly ever imagine. I said, Jesus, if you are real, save me. And I felt the hands of God touch me. I'd never been to church. Didn't know you lifted your hands up in praise and way. I didn't know anything. I felt the hands of God touch me and remove nine years of addictions out of my body instantly. Baptized me in the Holy Ghost and in fire. And out of my mouth came a heavenly language. 9.15 a.m. Cocaine addict, alcoholic, self-harmer, suicidal, manically depressed, hearing voices. 9.16 a.m. Brought into the right mind, washed by the blood of Jesus, completely set free. Completely set free. Praying in a heavenly language. That is awesome, right? That is God. Listen to this. Can you imagine? Just imagine this for one minute. I was the very first person I ever heard praying in tongues. Can you imagine? Like sometimes you can come to church, I get it, newbies come to church and they're like, what the heck are they doing? It's okay as long as they're doing it. I didn't have that privilege. It just came out of my mouth. And I was just off. Then I had to read the Bible to see what had happened to me. great right I wasn't saved through theology I was saved through faith and an encounter immediately her bleeding stopped immediately did you hear that immediately instantly right away her bleeding stopped 12 years of pain shame torment stress worry anxiety evaporated in a blink of an eye this woman's reward of healing was on the other side of this woman's risk she took the risk and she took it at once. Jesus realized power had gone out of him. So she sees him and she makes her way. And she touches him. Despite the crowd, she makes her way. Despite the obstacles, she gets to Jesus. She touches him. <gasps> power leaves him. Leaves him. I find it interesting. There's many people touching him, but he knows when this one touches him. My friends, I want you to know, you can never be lost in a corporate crowd. He knows an individual touch in a large gathering. She touches him. <gasps> Power leaves him. Who touched me? He said. One of the disciples, and I said in the first service, the fact that it's plural, that one of the disciples, meaning could have been any, it's kind of open for debate who it was, but if it was disciple, I'd be blaming Peter. But it wasn't that. One of the disciples, Peter gets off scot-free. One of the disciples say, there's many people touching you in Jesus. You can imagine, Shh. Who touched me? The woman said, knowing what she had done, came and fell at the feet of Jesus. Luke, it says, she told him the whole truth. Not just the truth. Now, isn't the truth the truth? She tells him the whole truth. There's a bit of dialogue going on here between the two of them. And he says to her, daughter, 
Your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. What I find interesting here is I don't know, again, I don't know, but so just dream with me. Oh, by the way, I stopped with my opinion a moment ago. I've spoken a lot of God's truth, okay? I forgot to put another little speech, a little one of these. Okay, somewhere in the middle of that was my opinion and the truth, okay? I'll leave that up to you to rightly divide, okay? Okay, so, I don't know about you, but I, this Bible I read, this, I love it, this Bible that I read, I personally think Jesus would have known who touched that. But I think he's doing something. I think he's saying, hey, as loud as he could, who touched me? So everyone's like, oh, who touched me? And this woman feels heavy because she doesn't fully understand his grace and his compassion and his mercy. She hasn't yet touched him, but she's heard about him. Who touched me? This woman falls at her knees and tells him the whole truth. I can imagine that Jesus picks her up and looks at the community who this woman has had to avoid. Can you imagine? Holding it. She's got all of them. She doesn't know what to do. You've got the people like the stones, slingshots, <laughs> all like this. She's like, you better do something great because I'm going to get it. He says, daughter. Oh, I can just picture all of my 14-year-old girl. I can just imagine her having all that pain and shame. And the king walks into town and he picks it up and he looks at her right in the eyes and she's looking down at him. And he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Places her down and she's integrated back into the community. Now my little mind allows me to think that she went past and touched everyone like this. In your face! Like this. That's just my mind, okay? I'm not sure that's the mind of Christ, but that's my mind, okay? She's like that. Hey! Touching everyone. They're all like, oh! She's integrated back into her community. Why? Because she heard. It says, when she heard, she thought, if I could just touch him. She heard, then she thought. The best way for us to put a God thought into their mind is to allow them to hear. She heard. Faith comes by hearing. How will they know if no one tells them? We tell them. They hear. Then they think Ian Aiken, the man who led me to Jesus. Someone in here wants to give their life to Jesus now. I heard and then I thought, Jesus, I need you. Very simple. This woman thought. She heard and then she thought. Twelve years. Her life was completely turned around. 
Her situation changed. Her social status changed. Her identity was revealed. Her loneliness evaporated. Her body was healed. Her financial situation would have improved. Her family was reconciled. Her shame and torment disappeared. Her whole life changed because she heard and she thought and she touched. I asked you to say some words, right? You repeated them back to me. You said certain, identified, and daughter. You may have said another one, but I'm going to focus on these three. This is the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is the power of God that is residing in you right now. This woman, verse 25, no name, a certain woman, that filthy woman, that disease-ridden woman, the one we avoid, the one we put all our family behind, here she is, you stay out the way. This woman, this violated, broken, isolated, damaged, broken woman. That certain woman. Verse 33. Who touched me? She became an identified woman. Ah, you. Verse 34. Daughter. From a nobody to a somebody to a daughter in 10 verses daughter be freed from your suffering and go in peace because she heard and she thought and she touched because someone in this place and for someone who's watching this on the live stream because you said Something about the king being in town. 1 John 14, you know this. It says, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. In this translation, it says, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Doesn't that just sound more personal? The word became flesh. The word became flesh. So our flesh can become the word. My friends, I want you to know that you can do this. You can be the one who this woman heard. It could be you. It could be you. You could be the one who this woman heard. Can I ask you, just with a show of hands, would you like and do you desire to be the one that people hear talking about Jesus? Pastor, you have a healthy church. Some of them are going to have to pray for their elbows because they went up that quick. Like, Jip, that's me. Well, I'll tell you something. If you want to, he'll use you. This is what we're going to do. Is there anyone in here who's never touched Jesus? Is there anyone in here who has never given their life to Jesus? And you want to open up that door today of darkness to come out into the light. And you want to open that door of self-effort and receive him. Is there anyone in here who wants to step out of darkness into light, from lies into truth, from destruction into peace? If you're in this place right now, can I ask you to do something? Can you lift up your hand? Amen. Stand up. Be brave. Stand up. Make your way to the front. Come on, don't be shy. Don't be shy. 
This is awesome, right? This is the exact demonstration of what I've just been teaching you. They heard. They thought. And they moved and touched. I'm not the most eloquent of speakers, I know that. But I have the most powerful God on the planet. The only one true God, and he does this in lives.